be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Welcome to One Hour at a Time, everyone. This is Mary Woods and I'm um, going to be a guest today. Uh, We have a guest host and that's Nancy Dunleavy, who is the CEO of Dunleavy Associates, who... um, They've done a lot of consultation with us at Westbridge, and the reason Nancy's going to facilitate is today we have a very special show. Um, this is the the first, um, I guess, national rollout of a book that uh, Westbridge has um, developed and is in the process of publishing, and it's called When the Door Opened, and it's a book of 12 recovery stories of um, men 18 and over who have experienced co-occurring disorders and it talks about, um, they each talk about their experience um, before they got ill, once what happened once they started to, re- to experience symptoms and then their journey into treatment. Um, part of the book was done with Kat Armstrong who's also from Dunleavy Associates and she has done the brunt of the, um, the writing for the book we did interviews, and then Kat took the um, the, trans- the transcription and then turned it into really good prose. So there's her perspective, there's um, one of the participants' perspective, and then at the end, I just kind of do a wrap-up about the recovery process or about the treatment process. So um, on the show with us today, we have Nancy, um, and we also have um, some of the contributors to the book. We have Charlie, Frank, Daniel, and Brian. And um, I'm going to turn this over to Nancy, and I'll welcome you, Nancy, to uh, as our guest host. Thank you, Mary. It's really exciting um, to uh, be part of this, and and I'm just so uh, eager to uh, to read the book in its entirety when it's published. Um, I know that it is in the um, in the final uh, stages of of being uh, designed and and will be printed. It, it will be available for uh, purchase on Amazon.com. Is that correct? That's correct. And that will be sometime in mid-November, um, as I understand it. Yes, yes. So that's exciting. Um, and, guys, I'm, I'm really, uh, really happy that you were able to make time to be with us today. Um, uh, Charlie, uh, Frank, Daniel, and Brian, is, is everybody here and ready to, to sort of jump in and talk about you know your experience as being part of the book, uh, the book process. Charlie here. Yep. Great, great. Um, so uh, I want to make sure that um, our our conversation, and I really would like it to be a conversation, um, is is not um, 
giving away all of the things that your your chapter contributes to the book, but really gives our listeners um, a little bit of a glimpse into um, what they can expect to read um, in the book and and really to um, you know uh, get their appetites uh, whetted, if you will, to not only um, read your reflections in your individual chapters, but um, also the, you know, the eight other participants whose, who's, uh, you know, stories make up the, the 12 stories of recovery. So don't give all your good, your good stuff away on the, on the radio today because we want uh, readers to experience that firsthand. But I guess I would um, open up the question um, or open up our conversation by um, asking, you know, each of you, and, and maybe um, uh, Brian, uh, you could go first. W- why did you choose to be involved with um, with this book project? Well, I think the well. Let me start off by saying thank you first for having me on today uh, and being a part of this book. It's been a real blessing uh, for me in this journey that I started some three years ago. Um, but I, when I was asked initially to be a part of this. Uh, what got me was just the idea of furthering the education of uh, you know, those that are suffering like I was uh, or those who might not but know somebody who are. And um, this book was an opportunity to share uh, what I felt my story was and some of the misunderstandings and uh, some of the issues that had occurred, and you know, both for me and my family uh, for, for years, uh, a voice, if you will, and... Uh, allowing others maybe to relate to that. And I like the idea that uh, being, you know, sharing this story would maybe strike a chord with others out there that um, might not yet have found the answer to what ailed them or, or their situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that is really um, gracious and generous of you, and, and I'm sure that uh, it, will, um, it will inspire, you know, some, some other families um, in, in their journey. Um, Charlie, how about you? Well, uh, I would also like to uh, thank you guys for uh, having me on. Um, really, the uh, main thing of, about this that I think is important is that, um, you know, it's a long road to, to hoe to recovery from uh, dual diagnosis. And, you know, I just uh, want to let people know that it is possible and that uh, there are specific practices which uh, – uh, Westbridge implements that, uh, you know, really give the participant every opportunity to, to, to recover. You know, I, I, want, I want people to know that it's possible and uh, that, uh, you know, if, if, if you uh, work at it, you, you can definitely succeed. Thank you. Um, Daniel? Uh, and thanks uh, for letting me on, too. Uh, I, I really... I want to give uh, people that are going through what I went through uh, just hope, you know, that, uh, you know, it's not going to affect your life for forever. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to overcome obstacles even though you're, you're have dual diagnosis. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I just think that's the best part about it because I knew when I was going through it, it was kind of the same. So, Hope's a big thing with me. So, well, anyway. I can I can hear that, and I I uh, I would would ask um, Frank to sort of jump in on on this question because I think each of you's got a great perspective. 
Yeah. Um, well, my journey to Westbridge was a rocky road, but uh, I'm very happy that I found it because I was in treatment for uh, depression and anxiety issues, and um, I also had substance abuse issues, and when I would go to a rehab to address my substance abuse issues, uh, they sort of didn't really know what to do with the depression and anxiety piece. They didn't specifically treat that. Um, They may have known a little bit, but they didn't specifically treat those types of things. And in the past, when I may have seen uh, a psychiatrist or a psychologist, they they may have been able to address my depression and anxiety issues, but didn't have all the answers as far as substance abuse. Um, so I was happy to find Westbridge because what they do is uh, address both. So, so um, Frank, you've you've kind of answered one of the other questions that I was going to sort of put out there. Um, and, and that really is, you know, um, you know, what, um, has, you know, your, uh, experience been like, you know, really living with a co-occurring, um, disorder, um, really, you know, in your recovery. So you want to just keep going on that for a minute? Yeah, sure. Um, well, it's, I think it's an added challenge for somebody in recovery for addiction, um, to have also the mental illness piece. Um, I feel very fortunate because I, I've been dealing with the issues of depression and anxiety for most of my life since I was, I don't know, 11, 12, 13 years old. And I never really seemed to get a whole lot of answers. Um, I guess especially once I started uh, having substance abuse issues, I don't think you can really treat one without the other. Mm-hmm. I think they specifically go hand in hand, and um, uh, it was definitely a rocky road for me, um, trying out different places and not getting exactly what I needed from them. But, um, you know, I, I felt like I've gotten what I needed from Westbridge, that's for sure. Well, that's that's great to hear. Um uh, others of you guys, um, uh, you know, Daniel, you want to jump in on that question about what's it been, you know, what's your experience been like, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, working through this and, and living with a co-occurring disorder? Yeah, that's, that's yeah, sure. Um, I, I just remember uh, a lot of the beginning when I didn't understand what was, what was happening to me and and I, I didn't know what to do. I, I was very angry, and and I was just, you know, like looking for someone to, to really, you know, you know, help me. And, uh, you know, it was just a lot of a lot of anger and and confusion and stuff. And, you know, now now it's it's the opposite. You know, I'm re- you know it's great. I found a new life for myself. And I'm probably happier than I've ever been. So you know, it's great. What What do you think turned the corner? What What treatment was was the most effective for you, or what, um, you know, what helped you let go of your anger and and move um, clearly to this positive place that you are now? Uh, I, you know, I I credit uh, just the time I spent trying to get better. You know, uh-huh. um. Uh, it's all it's all a road, you know. And I found my the end of the tunnel at Westbridge, and 
I'm glad I found it here because they've helped me better than anybody could help me, and it's been great. And um, you know, without 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 Westbridge, it would have been terrible. But yeah, it it just turned around, it flipped, and uh, you know, now I'm living a great life. I'm happy and um, I'm peaceful, you know, and it's good. So it's fantastic, uh, Mary. I'm going to ask you to to sort of jump in here because I. I, I um, want to make sure that um, that your uh, perspective on on some of our our contributors' um, stories is is not being uh, left out of the conversation. Oh, thank you, Nancy. Um, I want to thank all of the guys who have agreed to be on the show today because um, without them, we wouldn't be here. And I think one of the most important things for our listeners to understand is is that that recovery is a journey and that um, it takes, it really does take a village. And for us, we have the best success when we have families involved and when we're able to um, work with the family and the participant. And sometimes that's, that, that's hard work. You know, it's, it's about limit setting. It's about, you know, families letting go of their fears or, or um, you know, being able to... Um, set limits that they were afraid to set limits before. And, and I think that that's just so important. And I'd like the guys to maybe speak to that a little bit in terms of, you know, what, what has that been like for you and your family to, for you to be in recovery? And what did you have to go through to get there with your family? Because um, I know sometimes families are angry. Sometimes, you know, individuals are angry at their families. I don't know how many times I've heard, well, the only reason I'm here is my family is making me come here. But I think it evolves from there as well. So um, I don't know who'd like to start. Uh, Charlie, start. you want to take go that one? Or? Okay. All right. Um, well, I could talk about my story. Before Westbridge, I uh, went to one uh, rehab facility, and, of course, they didn't uh, address my um, depression and anxiety issues, and after I got out, I was still struggling and didn't take very long to relapse. And um, I was back at home living with my uh, mother and my stepfather. And uh, every day I was still using substances, specifically opiates. And uh, she saw the whole thing unravel right in front of her. And I would ask for money and she would see me come into the house. Uh, looking like I was under the influence, um, sometimes going through withdrawals. And so I, I know that I put her through a number of sleepless nights. And um, I think she even told me that she felt physically ill from, uh, from all the things that I was going through. She was worried. She was very worried about me. And uh, that's when she started searching the Internet for um, places that would... Uh, uh, help dual diagnose people, and um, that's when she found Westbridge. And uh, initially, uh, like a lot of people who are in the throes of addiction, I wasn't ready to go into rehab. I wasn't ready to get clean. I just wasn't at that place yet. But I talked to one of the people from Westbridge, and they convinced me maybe just to come in for two weeks, take a look around, see how I feel. And once I was able to go through detox and clean the substances out of my system, 
I uh, it kind of cleared my head and and was a, allowed me to to see things a little bit more clearly. And after I was there for two weeks, I I asked if I could stay a little bit longer because now that I was able to see a little more clearly, I I know I I wanted to change my life. Um, so uh, and and it didn't even stop there. You know, I I've relapsed a handful of times since. But I've had the longest amount of sobriety that I've ever had. I just uh, passed my year mark a little while ago, and um, you know it takes a couple tries sometimes. It's this this addiction thing is really tricky, uh, especially with adding the the mental illness piece on top of it. So I, you know, I, my my parents, I I put them through a lot, but I I hope at least they can rest a little easy these days that I'm doing a little bit better. Thank you. Sure. Charlie, you want to jump in there? Sure. Um, I mean, it, it was pretty simple uh, what the work with my family enabled us to do. And that was, you know, we could say things to each other that we might have been afraid to before or that weren't being heard before. And uh, once it was set up that we could have that freedom, uh, things got better very quickly. It, it, it wasn't that all the circumstances were solved right away, but we didn't have that same awkwardness or, or uh, kind of, you know, hard-headedness hard and uh, constant fighting, uh, you know, from, from, from the time that, that, that we started with the family program. Uh, it, was, it, it was only progress from, from that point forward. Brian? Well, I'm, I think uh, my family for a long time was definitely confused, was frustrated. I think they've, they've felt anger uh, trying to figure out if this was a moral issue. Is this a rebellious time? Is this, you know, is this just being stupid? You know, and I think they, my parents, uh, for sure, definitely invested a lot of time in trying to get me some help and seeing def- several different doctors for depression and the likes and then going for substance as well, uh, but never, never ever hearing of uh, dual diagnosis until I came across Westridge. Um, and I think the program was, was very helpful in that the help that I had received uh, up until then uh, had always entailed me going to see a doctor, you know, once a week or whatever it was. Um, and this involved a, a much more hands-on, uh, much more, much more, I guess, in your face for me what it was less time to hide or rework a story or rethink what I was doing. Like it was just in your face. And my, my family was all a part of it, including siblings of mine. And um, that was, you know, really helpful. So that coupled with the idea of coming out of the depression and starting to feel treatment for a mental disorder and being sober allowed me then to participate much more uh, in the conversations and have some sort of clarity about what was actually going on in my life. Uh, and how bad it was, and uh, you know, having the family there and support was was really big for me. Just just knowing that there was forgiveness in that, and I think for them, understanding what was going on with me helped them have a lot more grace as to what all had transpired in the last you know fifteen years. Were any of you angry at the fact that you were in treatment when you first started? Oh sure, sure. Oh man, I was uh, yeah, just the, the idea. Of, right, go ahead. You, know, you get there, and I, like you're very 
I, I had two emotions. I was very angry at first with being there because, uh, you know, you go into impatient and it's very humbling and you start over and you're thinking, well, I'm a grown man and I've provided for myself and here I am stepping back and all my time is accounted for. And I felt, you know, frustration at my own life, mostly not for what the system that I was a part of or what I was going to have to do, but just that I, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking, how did I let it get to be this bad? And I was really angry about that. Um, and I was also angry when I was told that I had a mental disorder. I, I didn't really want to hear that at that time, although at the same time I kind of did because I, I, I was wanting to get well and whatever that took. But the beginning was, was really tough, yeah, emotionally. And anger was definitely a part of that whole scheme for me. Well, while I was resentful at some of the things that I had to go through in treatment that I didn't think were necessary, I was very thankful to be given another chance because I had burned so many bridges by the time I got to Westbridge. This was the last house on the block, and I was very aware that I was going to be facing some serious consequences if I didn't get help. Nancy, I'll give it back to you. Okay. Um, This is is really, uh, really great and rich conversation. Um, I guess the, the... you know, question that occurs um, to me in in all of this is, you know, how um, you each of you um, men, you know, have such um, sort of you know calm and resolve in in the way that you were speaking about what um, you know had to have been you know a, a you know a challenging. Um, set of life experiences, and I, I guess I'd like to, to ask a little bit more about, you know, the, um, you know, the, the journey of being part of the, of the book process and the writing of the book itself, and, you know, did, did, did that experience um, open up a lot of, of um, painful memories for you, or, um, you know, what, what did it, you know, what did it feel like for you to be asked and then also to be part of it and, and really to, you know, reflect, you know, on your, your journey. So I'll, I'll, I'll open this by starting with Frank. Um, how, how did, sort of give us a little perspective on what it was like. Well, when I was uh, asked to do the book, um, I was a little initially hesitant because um, I wasn't sure that I wanted the innermost workings of my life to be in a book form for anybody to read. Mm-hmm. But we are using uh, anonymous uh, names. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to take a step back and think more about this as not necessarily about me, Right. But maybe my story can be uh, uh, a catalyst to uh, help somebody. Um, maybe they can gain something from my story and, and know that they're not alone and, and that it's not easy doing this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, definitely piqued my interest, um, the thought that this might actually help somebody. Um, and it... it a lot of this stuff I had talked about before, I don't think I was opening any new doors necessarily. Um, but, it, you know, talking about it helped me put things into perspective. And and uh, I, I guess the, the bottom line was I was just happy to help 
uh, something that might help out others that may be in need. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um, Daniel, how about you? Um, well, uh, while I was asked to do the book, um, and I was getting interviewed, I, uh, I just remembered through this conversation we're having now how I, I didn't put any of the bad stuff, I mean, that I did to my parents. And now I'm remembering it, but it's funny to turn around, you know, and how through it all my parents loved me, even though, you know, I was going through all this crazy stuff. And, and I realized, you know, how, how happy I am because of that. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just great. And, you know, I just, I just want to, like, I, I re, re, reiterate that, you know, everyone, you know, has a chance if they really work hard, you know, mm-hmm. they're honest and they're really trying, you know, so, you know, the, the worst of us, the best of us, it doesn't matter. But, uh, if we, if we, if we want it, we can, we can do it, you know? Thank you. And Charlie, how about you? Were you were you uh, hesitant, or were you one of the first uh, first early adopters? Well, you know, AA says it's life on life's terms, and when I look at the circumstances of my life and the circumstances that brought me here, um, I mean, life can be ugly, you know, and it can be difficult, uh, maybe even embarrassing. But, um, it, you know, it, it, it takes looking at all of those circumstances and realizing what part they played uh, in the things that unfolded in, in your life to uh, really uh, have a chance of recovering. Uh, you hear it in AA all, all, all the time, you know, if you're not working on yourself, you're going to go back out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... Nothing that I talked about in the book was a real surprise or, uh, you know, caught me off guard because I've, I've worked with this stuff for, for a long time. Even, even before I, I got clean, you know, I was, I was looking at uh, my own life and uh, the, the uh, things that had come to pass. And, um, you know, I, I just had to work through all of it and, uh, you know, work with the people in my life and... Uh, it was totally worth it. Thank you. And and Brian, how about you? What was your reaction to being uh to being asked and did you did it did it you know help help you um in your in your journey or or did it give you pause? Um well, I share the sentiment that, that Frank had said, just the idea that this had was the potential to help somebody else and the idea that there were other young men in my plight or similar uh, struggling, you know, for me was a huge, for me, a desire to want to be a part of something that might reach them or might help somebody, you know, come out of the darkness. And so when they, they asked, I, I was really excited about an opportunity to share uh, my story and, and participate in this way and get back in that way, uh, you know, because it's a very powerful tool, I think. And, and I think a lot of the guys you know, that are obviously doing this along with me are excited about, you know, what they could bring. So. Well, um, I, I think we're going to be um, getting ready to have a little break in a, a second or two, but I'd, I'd like to uh, ask, or first of all, reflect, um, you know, from, from my own observation, um, you know, what a, what a great gift, you know, you all have um, 
been willing to, to give to, you know, others who will read the book and, and find, um, you know, some answers or, or maybe a little bit differently find some questions um, that they can then apply, you know, to their own family's um, situation or their own personal situation. Mary, it, it strikes me that this has got to be just, you know, such a, an incredibly um, validating uh, sort of conversation for you and the, the, the team at Westbridge to hear. Can you sort of take us to break with, with a thought about that? Yeah, it, this has been one of the true gifts of um, being at Westbridge. And as I'm listening to everybody, I could be sitting here sobbing. So I'm so glad you're doing the moderating because I'm sitting here trying to hold back the tears. So we're going to take a break, everybody, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Leadership is a destination, but how do you get there? More importantly, how do you maximize your power and influence and develop more leaders in your organization? Learn from proven leaders and proven practices. Join Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler for Leadership Development News. This program will help you develop the next leaders in your organization, balance your work life, manage your boss, and manage yourself. We'll feature cutting-edge interviews with industry experts and authors. Leadership Development News, every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on The Voice America Business Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. Today, our show is called When the Door Opened. And it is the title of our latest project, which is a book of um, 12 stories from um, young men who are recovering from co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. And 12 is a very significant number in the recovery community. Um, For those folks that are aware, there are 12 steps and there are 12 traditions. And 12 is a number in a lot of... uh, religions as well. So um, we picked 12 specifically, and um, it's, I think it's just so important for people to understand that um, both mental illness and substance use disorders are brain diseases, and this is not about willpower, and it's not about, um, you know, being wrong. Oftentimes, there's a genetic component to this, there's an environmental component to, to this, as well as um, Sometimes just 
you know, a virus could trigger something. Um, I know a lot of people who have used a lot of hallucinogens and that's triggered things. Um, alcohol has triggered things. So it's just important for people to understand that, that um, you know, these are brain diseases and they are real and that people do recover from them. And all the um, treatment that the guys have talked about in our last half hour, I know they've talked a lot about Westbridge and I don't want this to be a major commercial for Westbridge, but it's important to understand that the evidence-based practices that are used at Westbridge were developed um, by the Dartmouth Psychiatric Research Center and are available through SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. And in the book, When the Door Opened, there's um, there's a glossary, there's a list of resources. Um, it's, it's going to be a nice tool for, for individuals and families and hopefully for some practitioners who um, may be working with folks that have co-occurring disorders. So... Um, I just, again, want to thank everybody for being on the call. We have Nancy and Charlie and Frank and Daniel and Brian. And I'll turn it back over to you, Nancy. Thank you. Um, as, as Mary was, um, was just sort of uh, giving us some perspective on um, the, uh, the, the, the biology in many ways of, of co-occurring disorders, um, it, it occurred to me that, you know, everyone has, just as, as the 12 stories in the in when the door opened will reflect, but um, everyone has their own uh, kind of definition, a very personal take on you know what does it mean to be in recovery. So I, I'd like to um, open that conversation up and ask each of our uh, contributors and, and participants here on the call to, to share you know with our listeners what what is what does recovery mean to you. Um, and and just some of the thoughts about um, about how your definition may have evolved um, over the 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 years or months and uh, and and work of your journey. So um, let's let's do um, let's do uh, some alphabetical order here, and and we'll go with uh, Brian, uh, Charlie, Daniel, and then Frank. So Brian, would you share your definition of recovery? Sure. Uh, to me, recovery is is a uh, ever evolving uh, piece in my life. I, I don't think that it ever I ever reach a crescendo and, and I'm done. Having a, a mental disorder and having a substance abuse disorder are things that I know now that I'll live with the rest of my life, and I will manage those diseases and, in, in a sense, recover from those diseases year in and year out. But it never really ends, and I don't look at it as a place of, like, I'm, I'm seeking an end. I'm just learning to live with uh, that hand that I've been dealt. Mm -hmm. And so being in recovery is just, just the action thereof, of doing things that are healthy for you uh, to continue to live well. Thank you. That's, that's, a, that's a good uh, credo for everyone to live by. Um, Charlie, how about you? What does, what does your recovery definition sound like? Well, I think you know, the most noticeable thing about recovery is how comprehensive it is. You know, I've uh, worked with, West, with Westbridge for a long time, and a lot of the time I get frustrated. You know, who cares if I make my bed? Why can't I eat a, a huge jar of cheese balls? And, uh, it, you know, why, 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 why shouldn't I have Red Bull? But uh, really it's, it's about making decisions that make more sense. Uh, I mean, I, I like to be practical about it. Uh, just look at cause and effect, what, what happens when you do certain things. Uh, and why uh, 
things that fit into a to a holistic framework such as exercise, uh, spirituality, um, twelve step meetings if if uh, if you have an an, an addiction uh, and uh, mental health, you know all uh, fit together and if any part of, of that framework is, is, is lacking, uh, not only will you notice it, but you'll notice it in other parts of that framework. And uh, it, it just comes down to making good decisions. And, uh, I mean, that's what I try to do every day. And I, I do notice that it's, a, it's an ongoing struggle. It's one day at a time, one hour at a time is your plug. And, uh, you know, even, even one, one minute or a second at a time. Mm-hmm. Daniel? Okay. Um, this is Daniel. <laughs> um, for me, it's just opened up. You know, I feel free. You know, because I was always in that bubble. You know, I I used to always tell my my dad. You know, I don't I want I don't want to live inside a bubble. So let me do all these drugs. And now I see that I was in a bubble because I was using the drugs, not because I wasn't. You know, and so mm-hmm. now that I, I'm I'm like free of alcohol and drugs and, and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, doing doing what I need to do with my mental illness to, uh, to, to, to hold it, you know, to keep it where it is. And, and, you know, it's just freedom and, uh, it's great. Um, I, I've been able to do so much that, uh, I never would dream of, um, because of this stuff, because of <laughs> being, uh, sober and, and, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I got a job that, you know, is just great. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's opened up doors, you know, and that it's, it's really cool because, you know, you know, now that I'm, that I'm sober, you know, and I'm, I'm free and all this stuff, I, I can actually keep a job, you know, which is really good for me. And it's, I've always run away from those kind of things. And now, now I just have this more of a responsible, you know, um, you know, growth that I've gone through. So anyway. Thank you. And Frank, how about you? Um, well, recovery, the definition of recovery has changed for me over the years. I initially thought it just meant uh, being sober and uh, maybe taking your meds. But um, today it's it's seeking out happiness. It's seeking out being a productive member of society, um, responsibility, uh, the golden rule, I like that one, treat others as you wish to be treated. Mm-hmm. It's uh, seeking the truth. Um, all those things that I kind of ignored when I wasn't in recovery. Um, and I'm a happier person because of it. Um, uh, it's, so it's, it's evolved positively. Uh, and some of those things are, or a lot of those things, are stuff that I've learned from Westbridge. So... So um I'm I'm listening to the four of you and I'm I'm imagining that um you remain connected with you know with the Westbridge community uh as a a support um really network and and I I you know I can't imagine how inspiring and you know hopeful your experiences are for people participants um, who are new to the to the Westbridge uh, treatment experience. Can can any of you 
um, offer a, a, you know, a thought or two about ways that you've been, you know, either, um, uh, you know, a, a mentor or a sponsor or just a, you know, a, a supporter um, of someone who's come into the to the uh, community um, new. Um, so this is Frank. Well, this is Daniel. Um, a lot of us, uh, a lot of the guys that are uh, here, um, you know, uh, I know a few of the guys will go on a walk or something and, you know, casual conversation, and someone would say, you know, I don't know how to do it, man. How can you, how do you stay sober, you know, mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. And, and I, try, I guess I try to explain how I did it, but I think in, everyone's journey is different. But it, it's amazing to see guys that, that actually – you know, converse with me about, you know, staying sober and, and stuff like that. And it, it's it's an honor to get that, that kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. Frank, were you gonna were you jumping in there with uh with Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Well I, I can talk about an experience that just happened recently. There was somebody who just came into Westbridge and uh we we went out to lunch together and I just felt uh, maybe I should kind of introduce him to to the area and Westbridge mm-hmm. and not necessarily talk about recovery, but just kind of hang out and maybe be his friend a little bit and uh, just make small talk. And if he had questions, which he did about recovery, I just tried not to tell him what to do necessarily, but just kind of share my story and share what worked for me. Mm-hmm. I find that that can be the best way of doing things rather than try and tell people what they should do. Um, so it felt it felt good to to help somebody out that was maybe a little scared and confused on on the place they were in. Uh, a lot of people feel that way when they're coming into treatment initially. <clears throat> I think it was helpful. This is Brian. I think it was helpful too to to have the community in regards to all these guys that might not necessarily have the exact disease I had, but we all shared very similar diseases, very similar experiences. Um, and and having guys that were ahead of me, there were guys that have been there a lot longer than I have been, uh, and seeing their success is just always, you know, very inspirational. It's really mm-hmm. helpful to see where your life can go when you're coming in at such a low point. And then you have a group of guys that potentially are all trying to make the same journey that you are and do it together. And so that in of itself, my time there for me really helped that I wasn't alone, that I didn't feel isolated um, and different than other people um, as I started this journey. And then also having these relationships that have and continue for me now several years out uh, still been maintained and are a source of encouragement as they continue to lead the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie here. Um, I don't really get sought out for for, for advice too much in the uh, Westbridge community, but um, I tend to have a fairly high profile in in, in AA just because I'm really active. And what I try and tell people is, uh, I mean, doing things the way you've been doing, if you have have a problem with addiction, um, you know, it's 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 not a uh, phrase that I made up, you know, I, I, I definitely borrowed it, but you're going to get what you've always got if you do what you've always done. And, um, I mean, I, 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 I try and, you know, speak at, uh, 
meetings and uh you know when 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 people come to AA you know you have nothing to lose by trying AA uh you know if you if you're if you're new uh chances are if you're in a position where you're looking at AA uh you know things may not be the way you would like them to at that time uh you know you've got nothing to lose by uh trying to recover and um you know uh do some rehabilitation and you know whenever you want you can go back out there and see how much worse things get cuz they always get worse and i mean if if i can even plant that seed by uh in, in, into someone who's going to go out and just you know have like my voice in the back of their head you know it's getting worse it's getting worse you know i think that's an important message to carry as i'm as i'm listening to you i'm i'm thinking about um how for some folks when they come into treatment they take a look around and say i'm not anything like these guys um i'm wondering if any of you have experienced that and if you have what would be your message to folks who are coming into treatment and saying i'm not like this i'm not i'm not you know these people well, don't I mean, like me don't like me coming from the end of the spectrum where once I got here, I was pretty much the worst one here. Um, I mean, just give it, give it time. I mean, try to try to notice patterns about how you might be getting a little more similar to these people you you, you don't identify with. Just you know, pay attention is one of the most m- most important things. You know, listen to what people say because it, you know at 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 any point in 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 life you could you could look around and say, man, you know, this is what that guy was was talking about when he said don't do that or you you know you're, you're going to have these these results you know here 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 are the results i better uh you know jump jump off of this train before it derails so what was the first thing you identified with charlie uh in 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 regards to what when you came into treatment at um westbridge oh um i just mainly a feeling of not not being in control uh i mean uh it applied to a to a lot of facets of my life but most of all there was a point in in my addiction where the drugs were calling the shots i mean i had zero control i was just along for the ride uh and i mean that's, that's definitely w- when i knew you know after a couple weeks clean that uh, i was i was, was going to go down with that ship thank you i felt like um, Brian again, I felt like part of the issue if you're coming in and you're new is, is that you don't know, like the lack of education, like for myself even speaking of not not knowing what a dual diagnosis was, not knowing a lot about mental illnesses uh, or how they, you know, show themselves in just people's lives. And since going through the program and having been educated in a lot of different ways on on diagnosis and just mental illnesses, I see them now more on people, on their faces, on their actions in public, and you start to understand and, and see the similarities. But if you're coming in brand new, of course, it's really hard to, to say that you're like these people because you just don't have the eyes yet to see it, and that just <laughs> takes time. Thank you. This is Courtney or uh, Frank. 
Um, yeah, I guess uh, when I came in, I might have uh, said stuff along the lines of, I don't belong here and I'm not as bad as some of the other people because um, it may have been my addiction talking. I, uh, I, I wanted to come up with excuses as to why um, maybe I didn't belong as, as a back door or a way out. Um, I was, uh, it, 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 sometimes it takes a while. I mean, everybody's an individual, but, um, you, you just have to find your place that you need treatment. And, uh, if, if you're there, you're probably there for a reason. Um, this is Daniel. I, I think it's funny because, um, you know, when I was, uh, my first few rehabs, uh, I I fit in with the guys that you know weren't the the guys that were trying to get sober. You know the it was the guys that you know I'm too good for this. You know, um, you know I'm just going to go back and use. This is stupid and all this stuff. You know that you know would smoke cigarettes in the bathroom at school and stuff. You know stuff like that. And I, I still for some reason identified with people that you know were sober at I guess AA meetings and uh, you know. I, I felt, you know, they they were the same people. They just, they just, you know, they just, you know, are go, are 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 using AA as medicine, and they're doing what they're doing to stay sober. And you know, so I, I can understand both of it, which I got lucky in that in that facet. These are these are great um, sort of perspectives. It's it's really uh, really wonderful to hear, you know your willingness to sort of, you know, share these these very personal experiences. I guess the the um the one question and a number of you actually probably all of you in in one or or more of your com, you know, comments used um sort of the you know, references to the doors. So the back door, or it wasn't a new door or when, you know, and and it it reminds me that the name of this of this book is when the door opened. Um, does do any of you know how that became the name of the book, Mary? I'm sure you do, but um, or you know what does that what does that conjure up for you, each of you guys, in in terms of what this what this this book really means? Charlie here. What it sounds like to me is a way out, uh, and the life that I was leading before recovery was uh, something I didn't see an escape from. And, uh, you know, once I had a way out, that was it. You know, that was it. Um, this is Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, I I look at it as, you know, my, my journey uh, for the rest of my life. Um, you know, if I, if I do what I have to do, then, then I, I get what I want to get, you know? And, uh, so I, I opened the door, and you know the rest of my life is is going to be a struggle. But you know it's a lot it's a lot better than than you know what I was doing. You know a, a whole lot better. And uh, so it's just you know it is a new door, and you go, I'm going to go through it, and there's going to be challenges. But you know it's it's going to be better. My life's going to be better than it ever was. So it's it's just great. Thank you. This is Frank. Um... I think, 
using the metaphor of door is 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 a good metaphor because it just shows transition. Mm-hmm. When I was speaking about the back door before, it was as a way to get out, but you can also use the door as as a way to transition into recovery and into a, a life that you want to live. I think of a uh, door uh, for me is more of a means to wish to get from one side of a wall to the other. And for a long time, that wall just being uh, trapped in my own mind with, with substance abuse and the mental illness and and having tried many doors or whatever. And this one, this one opened and this one I could walk through and things have changed from that point, from that door opening. And so it is very, very much a metaphor, symbolic for transition to something better. Thank you. Mary, um, I'm, I'm going to sort of invite you to sort of wrap us up since you've been obviously the, the lead author, you know, of the book and the convener of wonderful, um, you know, stories contributed by 12, you know, courageous and, and now healthy men um, who have been willing to, um, you know, do the hard work to, to not only uh, experience recovery in their own ways, but, but also to share those experiences with people who may not yet have um, found the right door to open. If, if you would just sort of wrap us up, I think we, uh, we, we'll, be, we'll be good. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to. I once again want to thank the guys for being on the show today. You did awesome, and I'm proud of each and every one of you. Um, our, our goal with this book is to provide a resource for individuals and families um, to know that, you know, treatment does work, that people do recover, that um, once you experience a co-occurring disorder, it doesn't mean that it's the end of your potential or the end of your life. There's more to an individual than their diagnosis. And, um, you know, there's many books about recovery from mental illness and there's many books about recovery from addiction, but there are very few that talk about recovery from both. So I'm hoping that this will provide hope for folks. And uh, I know that some of our newer participants have read some chapters or have have, uh, gotten brief bios of, of the chapters. And... It resonates with them, and they can't wait to see the rest of the chapters once they're mm-hmm. published. And um, you know, my, my hope for this is that it's just going to help folks, just like the guy said, and that we can provide an opportunity for, um, you know, for to kind of combat some of the stigma and discrimination that people experience who have mental illness and substance use disorders. So um, I want to thank you all for being on the show today. Nancy did an awesome job. You think you got another career if you want thank to take you. it. <laughs> it was fun, and, and um, thank you, really, guys. Um, I know, you know, all of you, and I think you are just, you know, fabulous for um, for what you've been been willing to share, but you also have been incredibly good um, interviewees. So thank you, thank you for making my first uh, experience with this radio show a great one. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. And if you want to get the book, it'll be on Amazon.com in mid-November, and it's called When the Door Opened. 
appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.